Hey guys, this is Jennifer from the Shooters Mindset. We are live on episode 354. We have our co-host tonight, Greg Cannon in the house. How's it going? Hey everyone. And our guest of the hour, Q Morgan is here with us. How are you doing, Q? I live in an American dream. All right. Um, glad to have you on here. I don't know why we didn't do this show earlier, but we got some exciting things coming up. So it was good timing to have you on. So absolutely. For those that maybe are unfamiliar with you and haven't like run across you at a match or anything, tell us a little bit about how you got into shooting. Oh, so uh, in early, what's it? I want to say 2007, I joined the army and uh, I was a really crappy uh, shooter. And I had a whole bunch of uh, great leadership that came through and helped me. Uh, get in the sniper section and go to the U.S. Army Sniper School. Um, took over a couple uh, sniper sections, helped build them out, up and uh, train a whole bunch of people to uh, become snipers. And uh, slowly I deployed multiple times and then slowly transitioned out. And uh, I went to my very first match out at, uh, what is it, uh, the Pro-Am in 2014 um, at, a, what was it, K&M back in the day. So... Um, ever since then, I've been shooting uh, PRS and competitively. I'm not the greatest uh, at it, but it's it's taught me so much, and I wish I'd started sooner. So, it's a lot of fun and kind of addictive. Oh, absolutely! Especially after uh, getting your butt kicked the first time uh, and having a rude, awake, uh, rude awakening. So, well, that was something that we were going to ask: is um, what was your very first match like? And like looking back now at that match versus now, like what did you struggle with? Um, so I showed up, uh, so again, I, I, I went to the uh, Pro-Am in 2014 and my pro was Dave, I forget his uh, last name, but he ran the, uh, what was it called? Uh, the Lone Survivor match for the longest time. Oh, he's an A-10 pilot um, or a former A-10 pilot. Oh, my God. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I, can't either, and I know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but great guy. And uh, I think he, he must have had a great chuckle on my first day when I showed up. I had a manor stock that uh, I thought, all right, I'm going to upgrade the stock. And I had a Remington 700 AACSD with the still internal uh, drop magazine. And a <laughs> uh, two and a half to 10 power Leopold TMR scope uh, with uh, some M118 LR ammunition. And uh, I thought it was hot, hot stuff uh, coming to that match. I really did. I was like, I'm a sniper. I've deployed to multiple countries. You know, I've engaged people. I know what I'm doing. I, I've, I've been to the toughest school in the army. Eh, I got my butt kicked by a dude with a walker. <laughs> and, uh so day one was really rough uh for me and uh the guy who owns uh snipers hide uh what's his name uh really short dude frank yeah <laughs> frank uh he was laughing at me he goes what do you think we're still in vietnam <laughs> and uh so the next day uh my pro let me borrow his six millimeter and i was definitely a lot better that day but coming from a guy who's like oh i got my my sand uh my sand sock filled with you know heavy beach sand in there you know it's definitely a huge transition from what i was used to and what i was thinking about you know when i first got in uh, my first match and since then it's uh it's been a huge journey and like i said i wish i would have started earlier because the stuff that i've learned now uh versus the stuff that i learned in the army I, I probably could have been three times the better shooter in the army than I was today. So I kind of was like you when I went to the 2017 gap grind mm -hmm. and I showed up with a borrowed AR 10. It wasn't even mine. I borrowed it. AR 10 308. And I had dope that Joe Kaylee had written on a card for me <laughs> that we got in Augusta, Georgia. And then I went to Tennessee and I was using the dope that we had gotten in Augusta. And it was like for every 50 yards. And I just kind of judged what I thought it might be if it was like 637 yards. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. 
So I, I can feel your pain showing up your first match, not having the things that really are optimal. To, to add salt in the wound, I got an award for being the crappiest shot on a stage. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, it was actually a stock from McMillan. And uh, I went up to Jim uh, Gillen and I actually gave him, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was a certificate for the stock. And I asked him to give it to uh, americansnipers.com because obviously I didn't need it. I already had a stock. And uh, the funny thing is I'd actually met Jim or not met Jim. I talked to Jim over email because he actually uh, verified my sniper team so we could get equipment uh, right before we deployed to Afghanistan. But uh, it was kind of a kind of cool thing to give him there. But that was just salt in the wound. They're like, hey, here's for the worst shot. Uh, Q, come on up and just rub that salt in there for that stage. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, how did they judge that? Was that based on like your shot was so 10 feet to the right that you were off? Or was it like you just didn't hit anything and everybody else did? Oh, I goose egged the stage with that uh, Remington 700. So. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's something else. All the, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the little awards that come along. Yeah. So if somebody else was getting into their very first match, since you made some mistakes on your first match, I know I definitely did. What would you say is like the best advice you could give a new shooter that's coming to their first match? I would definitely say go RO a match and or assist in ROing a match. So you can understand what the premise behind uh, the shooting is and talk to somebody uh, make friends with them. See if you can borrow a rifle before you even buy a rifle and sign up for a class. It doesn't have to be with me. It doesn't have to be with anybody else, but sign up, get some basic uh, uh, precision rifle training and find out what rifle is for you. Find out how you want a rifle built for you. See what you need to work on. Um, but the biggest thing is just get out to a match. It, it could be an outlaw match, PRSN, or it doesn't even matter. Um, even 22, 22 is probably my new favorite thing right now. And, uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that right there, just getting started, um, by watching people is, is huge. Cause you have people like, I want this RPR or something like this. I want this $10,000 rifle that I saw some guy on the interwebs with, but you don't really know what you want until you get out there and see other people and try their equipment. And the PRS is that's one big thing. I've, I've shot three gun before. And I can't, I've never gone to a three gun where a guy goes, Hey, let me, uh, here, you can shoot my rifle real quick and see how you like it. But definitely get out to a match. So I agree. Yep. So we got lots of people over in the comments. Pretty much everybody that we talked about before the show said hi. Um, so we got Jorge's on there. Hey, Jorge. Yeah, we got Hori. We got Corey. We got Gina. Um, and then uh, Jason Nolan said that he is a new shooter and he's looking for places of fine matches. Um, so that kind of depends on where you're at. If you let us know in the comments where you're at, we'll kind of try and point you in the direction of someplace. But there's practicescore.com that has all the matches that will be posted up on there. You can go onto the PRS's website. They have both the two-day matches and then the regional series. Right now, everybody's getting ready to post stuff up. Um, and then more than likely, there's a group someplace close to you, like a Facebook group for whatever state you're in or whatever, um, that could help you out. Communist state of MA, was that Massachusetts? Not good at geography. Um, I'm trying to think of who I know up there. I know there's a, a Facebook page called Precision Rifle Matches. Um, and usually people ask there all the time that question. And within about 30 minutes to an hour, they usually say, hey, I got matches 100 miles from me or something like that. Yes, and check out um, the PRS, I, I guess that would be Northeastern region. Yeah. Um, so there's a page, I think it's Precision Rifle Series Northeast region is what it's called. Um, and that should help you get in stuff. And if you're having any trouble, just shoot one of us a message and we can send you some links or something connect you with some people yeah my people reach out to your people <laughs> i always wanted to say that i don't really have people and you probably don't have people but i always wanted to say that so now i said it let's say we we, we have lots of people 
you know, they're not like our people, but they're like people, you know? Um, so you're the owner of Gas, uh, Gas 5, Ghost 5 Tactical Services. So what exactly is it? Uh, so Ghost 5 Tactical Services, uh, it all started with an idea. Um, that was actually my last call sign, Ghost 5. And uh, the more and more I think about it, it's a very cheesy thing to name your company these days. <laughs> um, but uh, what do you call it? It's a precision rifle marksmanship company where we teach everybody uh, either the basics or moving into uh, advanced shooting concepts. Uh, we, right now we run a 101, a 201, and a 301 course. Each one, uh, like the 101, just starts in uh, basic fundamentals of marksmanship, and you pretty much end knowing how to zero, uh, slip your scales, uh, set up everything you need. Our 201 is truing your rifle and going into uh, wind reading and really diving into uh, identifying factors of how to read the wind uh, and use it in your ballistic calculator. And our 301 is pretty much uh, the only time you're on your belly is to confirm zero. And we're shooting barricades and tripods all day. Um, but as far as that, uh, we, we, we are diving into military. We've done a couple of private classes with law enforcement groups, uh, generally with uh, people I've uh, networked with um, to help their snipers learn more than what some people are putting out as sniper courses uh, for law enforcement. So there's a little bit of something for everybody there. Yeah, absolutely. So you teach not just law enforcement, you teach civilians? Yes, ma'am. Uh, people always ask, well, why do you have a military only or anything like that? Well, there's no, there's no big difference except when it comes down to liability and admin that's taught in the class. So when we're talking about use of force guidelines and some guy who's a uh, mechanic, you know, down the road, he doesn't really need to know the use of force guidelines and administrative policies uh, through FDLE or the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, which is in the class. And that's truly the only difference in these courses is one helps the other. Jason wants to know, where are these classes? Uh, these classes are at JTAC Ranch in Mulberry, Florida. Um, so it's just south of Lakeland off of I-4. A uh, very, very beautiful facility. So, and they're probably been open for just a little over a year now. So, Jason, you should definitely take one of these like during the uh, winter when it's freezing up there. Having <laughs> some training in sounds like a win win for you. So, will you travel outside of Florida or are you only doing them at the um, range there? Like, if you had, say, say he got some friends together and there were like eight or 10 people up there where he is that wanted to take a class. Do you travel or? I would absolutely love to travel, but the truth is, is just the overhead right now is unbelievable. Um, I wish, I wish I could teach for, you know, $25 a head. Um, I really do because the only thing that this, uh, this side business does is help pay for the ammo and gas to matches. Um, and so I don't have to dip into my check where my wife will get mad. <laughs> so uh because I, I really do enjoy it I, I i it's just feels good sharing the knowledge that i can but as far as going out of state the overhead is just way too much for me to uh justify leaving out of state that's understandable absolutely these days with the way tax i mean the way gas is and they're talking about taxing our miles and don't get me started <laughs> absolutely i I think uh, I filled up my Humvee uh, the other day for three forty a gallon. Oof! Mm. Forgot you had that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's painful. Oh yeah. Let's say I I just drove back from Ohio in my little Honda Daily Beater, and uh, even that was painful putting in three twenty five gas and forty five dollars to fill up a little freaking Honda. Absolutely. I think a buddy of mine, he was also posting a video, uh, Travis Gibson, I think he was paying nearly $4 a gallon and he had a gas bill over $130 or something like that. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. What's that slogan? Something better, bigger. Fill back better. Yeah. We better. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So other than teaching your classes, you're also 
match directing now and you're going to be a match director of kind of a very different match. So that was one of the biggest reasons we wanted to bring you on was to talk about this match. Um, so you're going to be match directing the sundown shootout. So for anybody that's not familiar with what that is, what makes that match different? What is this match? So uh, background for that match. Um, so I'm a SWAT sniper team member um, and I've been around the sniper section for a while. And uh, I noticed that our equipment was very crappy. Um, as far as tripods, um, there was a small Manfrotto that if you put about three pounds of pressure on it, it was starting to bend. Um, and even when I was in the army, we had something a little bit more sturdy. And then I started talking to other uh, police departments what they had for tripods. And the common answer was, why do we need a tripod? well knowing that 90% of our shots that we do have to take are taken from a alternate firing position or from a tripod. It's uh, shots rarely ever taken from the prone, whether it be the combat of Afghanistan, Iraq, or, you know, a hostage shot at 75 yards in downtown St. Petersburg. Um, so then I started digging more deep in and uh, I was like, well, what's up with uh, this equipment? And they're like, well, a lot of these guys don't know what to buy. And then a lot of these guys try to go through the departments to have it. So it stays with the team and the department doesn't see the need to justify it. So I wanted to raise money because God knows I don't make enough money to buy everybody the equipment that they need. <laughs> and uh, so I figured, well, why not, we, why not do something very cool? And it was actually Jorge Benilla who gave me the idea about night, uh, a night match shooting. Uh, they said they used to do it all the time at Sin Cities with flashlights and uh, targets. And I thought, man, that's a really cool idea. Um, so we held our first match at, I think it's called Trade Cat, Tradecraft now. It was Altair, Gator, and uh, somewhere, it's down in Immokalee, Florida. They've changed their names more than K&M. And- uh, No, you're talking about, we've had her on, it's a female that owns it, didn't it? Uh, I, I have no clue who actually owns it. I think it, like there's so many people who have their hands in it. I couldn't even tell you. I'm pretty sure we had Altair's owner on the show like three years ago or something. I, I know they got raided by uh, the government after a whole bunch of foreclosures. And when I think the owner was claiming to be Delta Force or something like that, I, I, I don't know the full story on it. So I'm not, you know, I can't give you an honest answer of what actually happened. Um, but again, they, they've changed names multiple times. The people there are very nice and very helpful. And, um, uh, so that was the prototype of it is we're going to shoot a night match. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to illuminate these targets and you can use a red light. You can use green light or a blue light to walk around so you don't trip and fall. Um, but that's it. It's a standard PRS match. All the rules apply, all right. Safety all applies. And, uh, you got, a minute and 30 or a minute 45 seconds on the clock, hit your targets and go. So, and what we do is we took uh, the money that we gained from there. And last year we bought three SWAT sniper teams, uh, tripods, ball heads, infrared illuminators, bags, um, suppressor covers. Um, and we did it all without asking them for anything in return. Uh, we don't put, because of the political atmosphere we don't post them i usually post the big boxes of, hey look at all these tripods we got and then i hand them out to these uh, departments but there's mixed feelings whether you're on the right side or the left side of political correctness or whatever you want to call it of how and who we help um so for the biggest part we just don't mention the police departments and we just show the pictures of the uh, products that we buy them so can I answer your question? I, hopefully I didn't ramble too much. Yeah, it is. cool that y'all are doing that, you know, to help out law enforcement. I think that's great. Yeah, and so the, what are you guys illuminating the targets with? Are they like colored or? So the targets are still standard white. Um, and what I do is I put two LED uh, battery, lithium uh, operated flash, uh, not flashlights or uh, work lights. And they have about a six hour life on them. And I think they're 950 or 1100 uh, looms each. And those will uh, those lasted right to the very last shooter. Like I think as soon as the last shooter was done, the lights went all out. 
Um, but what we do is we have a redundant system depending on how long it does take. So we have two on each target and then another two ready to go just in case we have to do a ceasefire. Um, so you can see that target, it's, it's bright as can be even when it's all shot up because um, it's reflecting that light nicely. Um, the thing that really sucks is uh, you can't see your misses if there's nothing behind it. So <laughs> that, that really nice and everything's going to burn, right? <laughs> exactly. It's it's kind of like one of those flat uh, flat range matches that people always hate with no berms uh, or shooting TPRC and trying to wonder if, you know, did it go into the cactus or did it hit a rock somewhere? <laughs> so. Like, how do you see your dope card and your turrets? I have a hard enough time seeing my turrets in the broad daylight. So, so there's several techniques you can use. Uh, a lot of people go to the flashlight on top of the head. You can use a flashlight. It's for more safety. Um, but as long as there's not a white light, because the white light is, for me, that's ceasefire. Something's going on. You're ruining everybody's night vision. White light's on. We're going to call a ceasefire. Uh, but red, blue, or green lights um, that people use for headlamps, people use that. And then um, you can also take those uh, rave uh, glow sticks, um, the, the little wristbands, and you put them right on top of your turret. And that'll illuminate it so you can see your turret. Um, and then some people will take glow sticks and uh, hang them from their rifle so nobody trips on them and all the other good stuff. Um, but we, I also scheduled this to where we also had at least 50% of a uh, moon uh, to help with illumination of the area. So that's cool. That's awesome. What you gonna do if it's cloudy? If it's cloudy, I mean, good thing you got headlamps. <laughs> Listen, if it, if all it is is cloudy, I that takes a ton of stress off of me right now. This is my second match I've ever uh, done, and I'll tell you this: and match directors don't get enough credit to where the stress level comes uh, from just hosting one of these weather coming through, making sure the targets are set up, course of fire, making sure that people don't complain enough, uh, making sure that you're trying to please as much as you can so people don't leave and say, man, that match really sucked. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> um, like, I'll tell you this, I've been stressing about this for the past three months and tack that on with work uh, as busy as it's been. Um, I, I can't wait for this match to be over. <laughs> so but I'm super excited about uh, getting it done because uh, the last one, um, the compliments that came in afterwards about how fun it was, uh, how well it was ran, uh, really sank in and made me say, okay, I can do this again. Um, but if it wasn't for certain people, um, like the guys at GCP, um, Jorge, Corey, Rick, um, as well as all these other sponsors who picked up the phone um, this match would never be able to happen and hopefully it'd be as, uh, even, it's already even more successful than the last one and we haven't even fired a shot yet. So do your lights work in the rain? Absolutely. I made sure that they were weatherproof. Um, I think I have about a total of $1,300 invested in illumination for this match. That's what wow. Jorge wants to know if somebody, uh, I lost a question. Um, if, if somebody wants to donate to help the cause, but they can't make the match, is there anything that they can do to help or a place they could send donations? Absolutely. Shoot me, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook. Shoot me an email. Uh, even give me a call. Uh, in fact, uh, I've had, uh, I think, so far just one shooter this year uh, who donated a laser range finder and a rear bag, and I covered his entry. Um, this match isn't about making money. This is about getting equipment to these guys. So if you give me a tripod, your, your match fee is covered. All right. And I want to give you a mulligan for free. Um, there are mulligans in this match. Um, if you give me something that I don't have to spend my money on so I can buy more stuff for these guys, I, you're going to get in this match free and whatever I have to pay, I pay. Um, again, this isn't about me. This isn't about anything else. This is about getting equipment to guys so they can do work. That is awesome. We're also junior shoot free. I know what your email is, but everybody doesn't have all of my insider info. What's your email if somebody wanted to donate? Uh, Ghost5tactical at gmail.com, all spelled out. Back to the uh, 
senior dope question. Jorge also said that the Kestrel HUD works. <laughs> I'm broke, right. Jorge. I don't have one. <laughs> so what other uh, tips and tricks can you recommend for just not even just the match, but low light shooting in general? And we're going to assume that we don't have like night vision. Absolutely. So that's the one of the biggest common questions like, well, do I need night vision or thermal to shoot this match? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, you what will help you is a good scope that can take in as much ambient light as possible. That's that's number one. The more light that that scope can take in, the more uh, it's going to help you. Uh, you don't need an illuminated reticle, but an illuminated reticle will help you. Um, so when you're looking for that first target, um, target uh, identification and target location are always the hardest with any match, especially at TPRC, which I spent probably half the time looking for my target than I did shooting at my target. Um, but you want to take that, uh, what do you call it, magnification, dial it back, dial that magnification back, identify where your target's at, get set up on that barricade, that position, wherever it is. And once you're uh, set up and steady, zoom that sucker in. And the reason being is if you don't have an illuminated reticle, you're looking for a black piece of, uh, what do you call it, a black piece of crosshair in a, uh, in a black area. So it's not going to help you. And if you have an illuminated reticle, at least you have it lit up to where, all right, I know exactly where I'm looking at. Now I have reference points. But again, you still want to zoom out, find that area, zoom in. Uh, the illuminated reticle is going to help you do your wind calls or hold offs, whatever it may be, uh, or holdovers and hold offs, uh, whatever it may be, um, when it comes time to use them. When you have that black reticle and the target is shot up, you're going to be wishing you had it uh, lit up. Um, you know, we already talked about the uh, glow sticks on top of the uh, turrets. Uh, those do really good. Uh, a headlamp does very well. Um, what I would also recommend is take a glow stick with you and put it down by the barricade. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Take, if you have a glow stick, throw it on the barricade. If there's multiple barricades, literally just take one, throw one at each barricade. So when it is time to move, you know exactly where that next barricade is going to be up. And some of that glow stick is going to illuminate where that barricade is and help you say, hey, all right, this is exactly where I'm moving to. It's already lit up. I'm not going to trip and fall on my face and, you know, ruin all my dope for today. So those are probably the biggest ones uh, that I saw that were very effective uh, while shooting in these night matches. Does anybody like wrap themselves in Christmas lights? I was just about to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wrap my gun in green battery powered LED Christmas lights. Corey, Corey, I know you're watching and I triple dog dare you to wear those stupid little America ranger panties and christmas lights head to toe he's got pictures it. of it he'll do it i know they have battery battery operated lights christmas lights and just wrap them around yourself like a christmas tree rick will help you i kind of mm -hmm. hope they get a little too hot and they start melting the silkies <laughs> led definitely go led does he does he have pockets in his panties for the battery pack I, th I think there's a little slide in uh, for like your keys, kind of like the old PT uh, pants in the army. Okay, that'll work. Unless you, unless you cut them out, then there's always uh, Gorilla Tape. I got a live one from Corey. He said WTF. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when is this match? Uh, this match is November 20th at Arena Training Facility in Blakely, Georgia. So uh, I believe right now, um, if you're looking for lodging, uh, the cabins are on sale on the arena uh, training facility website, and I'm staying down the street the day's in. Uh, so I'm going to be there, uh, I want to say Friday morning, and then hopefully out of there uh, Sunday afternoon. But <laughs> So uh, I was going to say. As far as uh, one of the things with the match, I'll tell you, uh, the scariest part is the, the first round fired. Um, when we started it at um, Altair, we, uh, we literally went hot. And as soon as we went hot, a water moccasin came up onto the deck. 
and so when that happened i knew i couldn't shoot it right then and there because the i was behind the shooters and it was on concrete so i grabbed a steel target and i was slamming uh, well, uh, so at first we took a uh, broom and we flicked it and it came back at us so then we picked up a target and we started smashing this water moccasin on the deck and people are all looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as we did that, we turned around and we look and there's like a little pond right behind uh, where the, uh, the shooting deck is and there's an alligator just sitting there. And I'm like, this is a bad omen. Uh, where was that? That was at Altair. That was at Altair or uh, Tradecraft. <laughs> Within the first 30 seconds of saying, we're hot, let's do it. <laughs> no, I'd have been out. I'd have been like, nope, I can't see the critters. I can't feel what I can't see. This is not cool. Well, nobody, nobody did see it. Uh, they saw what I was doing. They just, they thought I lost it. Absolutely lost it. <laughs> they're like man that match director he's done a little bit too much lord <laughs> so but uh I, I feel that we're gonna be good we won't have too many swamp critters at uh arena as we as much as we did at tradecraft nope just the genats <laughs> yeah so hey at I least did, you hmm? i did loki get attacked by a frog at arena in the portage on <laughs> i might just bring a jar and we can get those and get some good bass fishing and that's probably the best bait i've ever had so. <laughs> it was like a silver frog and it was apparently on the side of the um portage on and it was still dark outside because it was like we had we got there like 6 30 and it was still dark and so i went in i'll never forget because steph boswick was outside waiting I go in and I had my cell phone light on. That's all I had to be able to see. And I sit down and all of a sudden this frog, like, I mean, I'm not scared of frogs, but when you're not expecting a frog and it's dark and you have your pants down and you're in a vulnerable position because you're sitting on a porta john and all of a sudden there's a frog on your thigh, it's not okay. <laughs> and I literally, I, I didn't scream, but I went, oh my gosh <laughs> and steph boswick is standing outside waiting for me in the portage on and that's all she hears and so she's like you okay <laughs> i don't like critters yeah my wife's right there with you if it's a frog she won't deal with it frogs and spiders anything else she's actually okay with I'm okay when I can see them. I don't like this nighttime thing when I can't see them. It's not cool. I'm about saying the, the pants around the ankles thing makes it a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're walking along. I mean, a, a mouse ran up my leg at Pig River, and I think that was less terrifying than the frog attacking me in the portage on. I couldn't do a water moccasin. I'd be done. I'd be like, no, peace out. I will see you later. Bye. That's, uh, I guess that's the old saying is like, you have no clue what's going on behind the scenes. Just be glad it's running smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the background, there's the match director. You're like this. <laughs> Nobody had a clue. That's right. That's insane. <laughs> Who won it last year? Oh, um, Mike. Oh, my God. Guy. I think his name is Mike. Oh, wow. I can't remember his last name. That's bad of me. <laughs> that really um, narrows it down. <laughs> it's, not, it's super common. Sammy, Sam, Samsonite, right? And like, you know, if his first name was something a little bit more recognizable, like Quentin Lee. Yeah. <laughs> we might have a clue here. Oh, yeah, that guy, Mike. Yep. Um, I think Jorge got third um and i, th I want to say rick uh scrivens got second i could be wrong jorge probably knows uh because he missed out on top uh top mel leo because i think first place was mel leo as well mike keenan mike keenan there you go that yeah, guy. Mike, yeah. <laughs> so i've actually i've actually been bugging uh like some of the i, I guess whatever you want to call them top tier shooters or the, the top shooters like hey man you gonna shoot my match and then like three days later, 
ah, I don't know, man. So I'll, I'll go in the next day. Hey, man, you gonna shoot my match? <laughs> I'm trying everything I can do. I want people to come. Um, and uh, I really want, you know, I want people who listen to other people say, hey, yeah, this is a great match. I had a great time. And uh, at least get it out there. Uh, compared to who I shoot against, I'm a nobody. Um, I mean, people know me by name. They're like, hey, this guy Q, he's a funny Jewish guy. Uh, kind of looks like uh, the guy Zach Galifianakis half the time. Um, <laughs> but um, nobody knows who I am. So when they say some random guy has a match going on, I really try my best to reach out to, you know, I guess, I, I don't know. What, what do you call people at that level shooting in the series? He was like the pros or I don't, I don't know. I'm not informed enough. Um, but as far as advertising has been for this, it, it's been really tough uh, trying to get it out to some of these guys that are shooting. Regina says that's what match directing does to you. Smacking <laughs> steel on the deck. <laughs> and Corey said he's wearing a fanny pack. Hopefully something else too. And I'm not reading Jorge's comment. <laughs> wow. So if somebody wants to come and shoot it and they don't have any light up anything you said you don't have to have night vision mm -hmm. um if like they just don't have anything they can still come and shoot it absolutely, absolutely. are you gonna have glow sticks there to hand out i will have glow sticks I, I i bought about 200 dollars in glow sticks last week so i'm gonna hand out some and help mark some of the targetry uh, i'm pretty sure the amazon people think i'm you know hosting a rave pretty soon so <laughs> they're wondering what's going on at your house <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so what's going on with that but definitely going to have uh i'm definitely going to have uh what do you call it glow sticks to hand out people and then for 20 dollars, you can get a poker chip and that gives you a mulligan um if you're going to shoot a mulligan you the one biggest thing i like to let people know is you need to have that magazine ready to go this match does run on batteries. Um, I don't know what easier way to say it, but it does run on batteries. And once the batteries are all gone, they're all gone. And even though I have redundant systems, I can't have people like, hold on, let me go load up this mag. So have that extra magazine ready to go. So if you shot that goose egg and that's the, uh, that's the, that's the line of you getting first place or second place, hopefully have that mag ready to go. I love the mulligan concept, partly because it gives you a mulligan if something goes wrong and you just have a bad one. But like I've ROed Gina's match mm -hmm. and they do the mulligans. They raise money that way. Yep. And um, it's always fun to watch people like when they finish a stage and they didn't do great, you can tell their wheels are turning. They're like, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know, you buy the mulligan chip and you get a mulligan. So you can at any time say, I want to reshoot that stage. However, you can't get on your fourth stage and be like, you know, that first stage, I really want it back. Let me go back and shoot it. No, like literally you finish your last shot and you have to look at the RO and be like, I want to reshoot this stage right now. And you have to have the mag ready and you have to put the mag in and you start shooting. So it's like a split second decision, right? But once yeah. it's gone, it's gone. You only have one mulligan. So when you've used it, you are out, you don't, you can't go buy another one. So if you use it early on and then you bomb something that was easy that you really should have gotten the points on or you have a mag issue or, you know, whatever, you have a squib, God forbid, or something bad goes wrong, you don't have it then. And so just the gaming and the extra uh, level of thought that goes into it then and watching people was so fun, ROing, because they would be like, they, they pull that last trigger and you could tell they're like, and they're like taking their time because they're trying to think, do I want to take the mulligan? Do I want it? Do I want it? Do I want it? And then they're like, I, I want my mulligan, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've uh, used a mulligan once, I think, uh, uh, what do you call it? I went and shot the uh, stage and I goose-egged it. And I'm like, oh, mulligan, 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 mulligan. Ready to go, ready to go. And I shoot it, miss, 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 miss. Ding, one, worth it. 
At least you got one. <laughs> That's right. I always <laughs> tell people like with the Mulligans, like you, if you are shooting a stage and you're missing and you have no clue where you're missing, I don't know if it's worth it to use your mulligan because you're probably going to keep doing the same stupid stuff and missing. I mean, if you haven't figured out what you're doing wrong, but like if you're like trying to figure it out and like that last shot, you're like, oh man, I saw that. I know where that went. I can adjust. Then it's like, give me my mulligan now. And then it's really useful because you can get on target. But I've seen people get up there and zero and be like, I want my mulligan. We're like, all right, go ahead. And they zero it again because they still don't know what they did wrong or why they missed. So if you don't know, it's probably not going to help that more. Or they, or they get a worse score than before. Yeah. And they're stuck with it. Um, I think the most uh, the most horrible thing I saw, um, I wouldn't say horrible, is people forgot they bought a mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> they will goose egg a stage and they'll go on and like, mother trucker i forgot <laughs> i forgot uh i had a mulligan and i think we only had i think we sold close to 25 mulligans on our first time we did this and only three people three or four people used their mulligans so yeah people forget they have it they get in this habit and system and they don't realize it oh, yeah. or they just uh spend too much buffering time <laughs> They, they, who knows they could have thought about that mulligan after every single stage and be like no i'll do worse than the next one no i'll do worse than the next one no i need it on the next one yeah all of a sudden it's the last stage of the day they clean it <laughs> never, definitely don't want to use it at that point oh yeah um so we we talked about when and where the match is mm -hmm. but where is the match if i want to google this uh, so you can go into practicescore.com um, and just look up, uh, what do you call it, the Sundown Shootout, and that's how you sign up for the match. Um, I think I have a link set up on my website. My wife asked me to check, and like a good husband, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what do you call it? We've also been posting it uh, weekly on our Instagram, on our Facebook. If you see a post about the Sundown Shootout, the link is there to go on practicecore.com and sign up. Awesome. There's still spaces available. Absolutely. Uh, so right now, I checked it earlier today. We have 45 slots sold, and I think we have about 35 more slots uh, available. Awesome. Might have to might have to look into that. I got a friend that's been bugging me to try and make it out there for that. So Absolutely. what uh so we're talking about night and sundown and blah 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 like what hours do the match does the match run like so at five thirty is the scheduled uh well, I think it's five thirty seven p.m. is the scheduled um, sunset and we're gonna do our stage brief there we're gonna go through all the stages with everybody so there's no hey uh you didn't explain it to me you didn't explain it to the squad uh, or they misread the stage brief so at 5 30 we're going to turn on all the lights get the stage brief done and hopefully be done i would say let's say five six, seven, probably around 11 30 to midnight would probably be the latest to get everybody through and that's if we run really late <laughs> okay so i don't have to be like a super night owl to shoot this match absolutely not uh like i said as as usually after that stage brief, by the time we're done, it's dark enough to shoot and uh, everybody's ready to go. That sounds so odd, it's dark enough to shoot. Usually <laughs> we're standing around waiting for the sun to come up enough that we can see and shoot. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so go ahead. No, go ahead. I was saying it's absolutely a fun concept. Uh, the, the only regret I have is that I don't get to shoot it myself, so. It would be cool to shoot. So what is the course of fire like? And I asked this partly because um, there's been a lot of buzz today on the internet, uh, on Facebook and all, around Altus has decided, um, for anybody that didn't see it, they posted that they've decided to do outlaw matches instead of associating with a series and their rules. So twofold question. One, for the sundown, shootout 
what is the course of fire going to be like? Is it going to be outlaw? Is it going to be more like PRS rules or NRL rules? Um, but also I'm interested to hear what are your thoughts on outlaw versus series matches? So as far as this match, this is a Southeastern uh, regional precision rifle match. It's going to be one of the first matches of 2022. Um, so it, this is a PRS point match. I'm sorry, my wife caught me off, the, uh, off to the side. Um, but this is a point match, so we're going to be doing off of uh, PRS rules. Um, and I will tell you this, that this, this match is not a belly match. Um, there's probably one, no, there is only one stage that you're on your uh, belly as a position to shoot, and the rest is uh, all alternate, alternate firing positions. So I hate belly matches. And uh, it's, I know it's nighttime, so it's going to be hard enough to shoot. Um, but who likes shooting on the belly? It's no fun. Um, as far as outlaw matches uh, and Altus, when that news broke, I really, I, my, the first place I went was ARS. I wanted to see what they were going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was, I was really excited. They're really behind the ball on that one right now. <laughs> so... Uh, but as far as uh, it going outlaw matches, that was the biggest reason um, that I was kind of, uh, I was tilting on outlaw or PRS. And I really wanted to bring people to my match. So I stuck with the PRS route. And I know there's a PRS following. I know I can, I now have the luxury of, you know, posting on the PRS Southeast region page and whatnot saying, hey, come shoot this match, you know, come get points this year, but in style at night um that's that's the main reason we went with them um however you know we still have to abide by their rules which uh kind of sucks because i really miss the kyl rack um and uh me and my wife were actually talking about that earlier on and there's no better way to gamble than kyl rack <laughs> so um that's that's where you come into the play is how creative can the match director become now that he doesn't have to abide by a formal set of rules by a conglomerate, uh, you know, I don't know what you call the PRS, the, a company of, what would you call that? I don't, I don't even know. Um, but you're not bound by a set of rules. You're an outlaw. This is my, this is my idea. You can shoot it or you can go home, have a great, uh, great day. And I think a lot of people like that as well. But at the same time, you're throwing that gamble. Do people want to come spend $200, uh, $250 for a match that they're not going to get any credit for? Or uh, are you going to still have the same amount of attendance uh, regardless? So it's, it's a big gamble for them. So I'm really excited to see how that turns out. I'm really hoping I can actually make the match myself uh, at uh, Altus. I think it'll be interesting to see. I think people want some variety i know a lot of the people that started shooting um you know way back those you know the ogs of prs i feel like really liked the some of the different things you know pistol being in there and somebody on that post even specifically said is there going to be pistol you know i think people like some unknown targets unknown distance i think people you know, like a little bit of a different variety instead of just the same um, stages in PRS. But I also think people like the PRS because you know what you're getting, you know what you're training for, and then you're in a points race going for it. So I think there's advantages to both. I think there's room for both because I think matches have been selling out. So I mean, I think there is a room for both. I'd love to see the same group of people doing all all of the above, but I worry that we're going to have some people that just gravitate towards PRS or NRL, and then we'll have another group that, you know, gravitates towards the outlaw. Whereas I'd like, I want to see all my friends at matches. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not good enough right now to become a top 10 shooter by any means. Uh, I, the, the fact of the matter is I don't train enough. Uh, I wish I could train as much as I could, but you know, it is what it is these matches have kept me in contact with so many friends and that is probably the biggest 
benefit um, to go into these matches. I get to meet some new friends, but for the most part, I get to meet my friends who live halfway across the country. And not to mention, we get to go shoot targets and then later on go drink beer and eat steak. So more, you know, uh, King Kong rolls, whatever it may be. Beer and steak, I'm in. <laughs> Said all the things. What else you got live, Greg? I'm sure there's a bunch. Um, there's... What else do you have live that you can read on the show? <laughs> uh wally wallace says tell your wife we all said hi and thanks for sharing you with us babe they say thank you <laughs> jorge said it's a night match and some people are just scared to shoot it because they've never shot in those conditions and they should just try it absolutely is jorge coming to the east coast to shoot it is i've been bugging him but he is it? he is not Jorge. What? Why not? What's your excuse? Yeah, no know. excuses. I'm going to go walk on his grass again. <laughs> Is he that old man that's standing out there saying, don't walk on my grass? No, he's the equivalent to a uh, army sergeant major. So like in the army, you got to stay off the grass. So sure enough, if you get caught uh, walking on the grass in the army, you're going to get your uh, butt chewed out. So since he's the equivalent, I'm always going to walk on his grass just to tick him off. And he's my friend. Oh, apparently we were, we were misinformed. He is coming and Jen told him that she's buying his plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You must think I have a sugar daddy. Uh, Jen is he said... <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's about all I have on the line. What else? Is that all the lives? That's all the lives. All right. Okay. Let's see. We're, I've lost my notes. Hold on. Where'd my notes go? They closed. Greg, you hit 10 anyway. All right. So what future matches or upcoming events do you have coming up? And is there anything new in the works for Ghost 5 Tactical? So as far as matches, this is the only one I run. Uh, this is, I fly under the GCP Rifle Club banner, uh, the one that Rick Scrivens and, uh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm a horrible friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one that Rick uh, runs and his uh, business associate. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm just brain farting right now. Um, <laughs> I fly under their banner as far as PRS matches goes, and they hold matches every month. Um, every other month, it's going to be 22 or high-powered. So every month, there's a new match. Um, and again, with these matches, juniors always shoot free. Uh, so get these kids out there. Make it a family event. Uh, come to the 22 matches. God, we love the 22 matches. Um, or come out to the high-powered, help uh, RO some squads, or just learn. Uh, as far as uh, Ghost 5, um, we're going to be running some more classes, and next year before this, I'd like to do a nighttime class uh, for helping people get gain more confidence to come out and shoot these night matches. So um, be a nice little intro into that for some people, and, and it also helps you when you come out to, uh, or sorry, when you go out hunting at night for a pig or anything like that almost the same concept if you're either a using night vision or b you're going to be spotlighting out there so um but that's pretty much it that we got going on so. does the light distort like the shadows you know light hitting a target so depending on where the sun is sun's up guns <laughs> up you can have some distortion of what you see versus where it really is does the on a night match with the way that the lights are hitting and I'm sure there's some shadowing, does it affect like what you are seeing or where the target actually is versus where it appears at all? So from what I've uh, done through many years is I've never seen as far as the LED lights coming on target and distorting the target, uh, like having way too much mirage and getting that distortion. Um, what I have seen is 
when you have the shadow outline of the target, uh, some people think the target is bigger than what it is. So they're thinking of a bigger outline than it actually being. But as far as distorting the target to uh, full complete on misses, nothing like that. I just always wondered that if it would um, make it be, you know, distorted at all or look different. Well, you can always come out and shoot the match and find out for yourself. I wish I could. <laughs> and I know I really do wish I could, but I can't that weekend, but I would love to. I worry a little bit about my vision. My eyesight at night is not the best. Like driving the way the light, that's part of what made me ask about the targets because my depth perception at night when I'm driving is not the best with headlights and everything else. I'm like, which lane are they in? <laughs> so, and so I wondered if it would do that with the target with lights on it. Yeah. So you're not going to, it's not going to be like driving uh, on the road where, when the car comes at you and throws it all out there. It's basically, as soon as that scope gets onto target, it's like daytime on that target with as much light as I put on that target. Gotcha. So everything around it, it looks like daytime. You go five feet to the left and you're back to nighttime. So it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Absolutely. What else you got, Greg? That's all I got. All you got. All right. Well, I think we can wind down to shout outs. We start with you, Greg. All right. We'll start off with uh, GSL suppressors. Makes my uh, 22 nice and hush hush back there. Um, shooters and sharpshooters of Augusta are local indoor and outdoor ranges. PDC Custom, if you're going to shoot a, a night match, uh, just so you know, these things do light up under black light, so be super dope. Are you going to have any like strobe lights or disco balls or black lights or anything like that going on? That'd be no. cool too, like some club music playing. Um, club, club music, I might be able to do. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, um, um. Where were we at? Oh, Shooter's World Powder. Um, that stuff's awesome. And I don't use that in my 22, but I use that in my, my center fire, obviously. Hunter's HD Gold um, up there. They're awesome. If you ever end up driving like 12 hours home and for 10 of those hours, it is pouring down rain and you can't see anything and you happen to have your HD Golds in the passenger seat, throw them on. It helps. Just, just saying. Uh, fix it sticks for if in the middle of the trip in the dark your headlights burn out and you're stuck in an auto zone parking lot and changing your headlight bulbs they help for that and also working on guns and stuff and uh that's it all right q you got any shout outs i do um i'm not really sponsored by uh like cool companies or anything like that I'm mainly sponsored by my friends um but i will tell you this so for the sundown shootout I've, I've called a lot of people, a lot of people, and these people actually answered the phone and said, we will uh, put prizes on your table. And uh, I'll just start off the list. Rick at uh, GCP Rifle Company, thank you very much. Robert at Manor Stocks, thank you. Jill from Timney Triggers, thank you. Uh, Corey at BPO Tactical. Nick uh, at Vortex Optics. He sent over a huge box for the prize table. I, I'm blown away by it. Um, Scott at KG Made Suppressors. Uh, Tom at Armageddon Gear. Thank you. He's been a staunch supporter. Travis at MGM Targets. He's he's providing our target. Or sorry, our uh, our trophies, and I can't wait to show them off. Uh, Nathan at Area 419. Uh, and Chris at Night Sight uh, at Advance Night Vision LLC. And Thomas, uh, who helped us get certificates from AccuTech uh, to put on the prize table. Thank you all very, very much. Awesome. That's really an exciting match. I really am sad that I can't go to that one. I think it'd be fun to be there and it's a good cause, so. Thank you very much. I, I can't wait uh, to get it over with and then go through the stress again of setting it up again for next year. That's awesome. You gonna do it every year? That's my goal. As long as we can keep it a successful event and raise the money to get the equipment to uh, our fighters out there. Absolutely. That's awesome. And for me, I just want to shout out you for coming on here and spending what an hour and a half of your Tuesday night. I know you're super busy uh, between work and playing a match and beating off water moccasins with a 
<laughs> with a steel target and alligators and <laughs> We lost Greg because he is a middle school boy. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for having me on here. Um, really, guys, thank you very much. And if if just being on your show helps me sell one slot, it's been 100% worth it. I thank you very, very much. Well, hopefully it will. So for anybody that is like tuned in late and they're like, yeah, that sounds cool. I want to shoot it. I want you to say one more time what your website or email is for your training company and the match, how they can find the match and register if they want to shoot it. Excellent. So my company is Ghost 5 Tactical. You can go to ghost5tactical.com um, or you can email me at ghost5tactical at gmail.com. That's ghost5tactical uh, all spelled out. Um, and to sign up for the match as well, you can go to the PRS website and click the link under the PRS Southeast Region uh, block or go to practicescore.com and type in sundown shootout to get signed up for the match. And what's the date and location? Uh, November 20th. Uh, and it's going to be at, uh, oh, sorry, range brief is going to start at 5.30 PM in the afternoon. And it is at Arena Training Facility in Blakely, Georgia. That's an awesome facility. It's the same place, um, if anybody watched the show last week, it's the same place that the Precision Rifle Expo is being held. It's a great um, facility out there. Eddie does a great job with them. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, everybody will wrap this show up so that y'all can go and sign up for the match because I know that's what everyone's waiting for. They don't want to come off the screen because they like us so much. <laughs> but as soon as the show is off, they're going to go and fill up all your slots in your match because it's PRS points and it's nighttime and it's glow sticks and it'll be fun. And Corey is gonna wear Christmas lights. So- And a fanny pack. And a fanny pack apparently, <laughs> yes. So definitely go sign up for the match. It's for a good cause. Thank you for coming on the show. And that'll be a wrap for episode 354.